Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. Thank you, the Lord. God is good, isn't he? Jesus, I just pray that today you would do what we humanly cannot do. We're praying for revival to sweep the land. Our nation needs you, Lord, and we need you. I pray that something would have ignited this week and this weekend that would have repercussions for the months and years to come. That this would be a igniting moment that will lead us to whatever it is that you want for us because I know that, that, that it's something big. And we thank you in advance for doing that in our lives. In Jesus' name, Amen, amen, amen. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to be here. Uh, Nestor and I are swapping pulpits, and so I think I got the better part of it. Uh, you know, he's he's got to do four services. I just got to do, I just got to do this one. But this is, and and yeah, it's, this is this is this is this is rest for me. Um, it's so good to see many of you I uh, haven't seen in a little bit. Uh, it's a joy to be able to, to be here and, and share the word of God today. And Esther said that I could be real Pentecostal today. Um, so I don't know what that means exactly, but, um, but, but we're going to try to do that, whatever that is. Um, you know, I don't know if this is going to be online or not. But um, it's going to be interesting, right? Because uh, we want to minister uh, the power of the Holy Spirit today. And I want to talk to you about that which is foundationally the most uh, powerful thing for your spiritual growth and the advancement of God's kingdom. And that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to address that today, and I hope and I know that you've been preparing for this. You know, you've been fasting and praying, and I know God has already been moving. Uh, but today I want to minister the Holy Spirit at the end of our time together. Is that okay? So I want to connect two things together, this series that we're in. And then I want to, I want to have a moment where we respond to the Word. Uh, as you know, we're in this spiritual campaign and we're focusing on rebuilding our lives. After so much loss, it's important that we rebuild our lives. And we're learning from the example of Israel as they rebuilt their lives after 70 years in exile. And they came back and they began to rebuild their lives. We began this campaign with a series called Altars That Bless because that's the first thing they did. That's the first thing you need to rebuild in your life your spiritual life, your life of prayer. And that needs to be the place, the, 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 the altars of worship where we bring sacrifices of praise to God. From Haggai, we've learned very um, 
many lessons. Uh, one is that whatever you choose as your priority is really important. It really does matter what you put first in your life. It, it really does. We also learned that the strength to rebuild our lives flows from the presence of God. You see, when you've been so damaged and hurt, you say, where do I find the strength to be able to move forward? And the strength to move forward is found in God's presence. And it is in his presence that we receive the strength that we need. We also learned a third lesson, and that is that obedience produces blessing. We live in a, in a day where everything goes, but when we obey God's word, there is a promise of blessing over our life. And I don't know about you, but I want to live a life of blessing. So last week, we, we looked at the last four verses of the book of Haggai. And today, I want to finish with a recap of that. And then I want to end with a uh, response to God's call to receive the Holy Spirit. The call is for each one of us to shift our paradigm because we begin to see God operating even in the book of Haggai and how he wanted to display his power on the earth. And he begins to give us glimpses and the prophet didn't even have the revelation that you and I have today. I don't think he understood the capacity of everything that God was wanting to do. But he was expressing the word of the Lord to the people as well as he could. And he was trying to bring us to this reality that we also can be so entangled in the things of the world that we forget that God has a plan. Yeah. That, that, that God has a plan for you. Right. And that God is going to complete and fulfill his plans. And I don't know about you, but I want to be part of those plans. But for that, there needs to be a paradigm shift, a different way that we look at life. And so in this passage, we find that God is, through the prophet Haggai, beginning to say, look, you got to get ready because something's going to happen. And there's a progression of things that I'm going to begin to do that you need to be aware of. And he begins by saying, prepare for a new government. Because Darius was the king at that time. And after that, Alexander the Great. And after that, the Roman Empire and everything else. But, but he says, I'm going to do something new. And he's not talking about, I'm going to put in a new government in a natural way. What he's saying is, there's something going to change in the order of things. I am going to change things. And he begins to express there's, there's a different way that things are going to operate from here on out. It's not going to be like you think it is. There's a new operation that's going to happen. And then he says you need to prepare for a new kingdom and he talks to Zerubbabel because now he represents the lineage of Jesus Christ. He is pointing towards the king. And he's saying, I'm speaking to you because I'm going to create a new kingdom. But listen, this is not the same kind of kingdom that you used to because there's a shift in paradigm. And the change is this. It is from a earthly, natural kingdom to a kingdom of heaven. Right. It is a different 
type. It is a spiritual kingdom. Now, listen, listen. There, this is, he's talking about switching to a, to a different way of rule. That God is saying, I am going to be the rule. All you know now is an earthly king. I am going to present to you something different. You are, you are going to operate in a different dimension. And he introduces this. He's saying, you, all you know is the earthly way of doing things. All you know is the kings of the earth. I'm going to introduce you into a new kind of kingdom. This kingdom is one of a shift in dimension. Now, I want you to do that because I don't want you to freak out here, okay? But he is, he is inviting us to enter into a different dimension that operates in the natural but it also operates in the supernatural. It operates in the earthly realm, but it also operates in the spiritual realm. And he is wanting you to understand that the kingdom of God is now. It is going to manifest in fullness in the millennium. But right now, God's kingdom is operating already. But it isn't operating in the way that people think. It isn't a natural, normal. It isn't an earthly kingdom. It is a godly kingdom that operates in the spiritual. There is a shift that we need to understand. We need to change our paradigm. In other words, that the kingdom of God is anywhere where he rules. And so this new rule of God has no boundaries. It doesn't have limitations. It's not about ideologies. It isn't about different types of government, whether it's socialism or any other. He's saying the kingdom of God extends to not just the ends of the earth, but all the universe. Wherever God rules, that's where his kingdom is. And he is inviting you to enter into this new dimension of spiritual living. So that you don't just get stuck in one physical way, but that you would extend to believe for some things that happen. Because the spiritual world is more real than the physical one. And when you talk about the spiritual world, you're talking about how God moves and is moving. And in this spiritual world, we have demons. And in this spiritual world, we have angels. And in this spiritual world, we have spirits. Now, don't be afraid. It is a reality. And he is inviting you to say, you got to look beyond just your physical body. You understand that you are a spirit too. And you need to learn how to operate in this new kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. You with me? Ooh, that's good, isn't it? And he said, I'm inviting you to rise from just your physical body to the spiritual dimension where God lives. And he's inviting all of us to partake of this and to be able to know that when Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, he is saying, I'm inviting you to a new dimension. There's a duality of dimensions here. That when you pray, you're not only affecting the natural, but also the spiritual around us. That there's something dynamic and powerful that is going to happen. 
And so he introduces us to this new kingdom. Isn't that awesome? Jesus is the king. And he's saying, listen, listen, I'm going to give you the tools for you to operate in this new kingdom. This kingdom, the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are interchangeable depending on which gospel you read because one of the gospel writers is just limiting the kingdom of God because they didn't want to use the name of God, you know, in vain. And so they interchanged it with kingdom of heaven. So whenever you read the words kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, it's just exactly the same thing. You with me? Yeah. And so, and so when, I, when I use that interchangeably, you need to understand I'm not talking about two different kingdoms. It's the same one. And it is, it, is, it is a new dimension where God, and so he talks to Zerubbabel and he says, I'm choosing you, Zerubbabel. I'm going, I'm going to dethrone everybody. I'm going I'm I'm to destroy all the kingdoms of the earth. And he's talking prophetically, by the way, of what's going to happen in the millennium. He says, I'm going I'm to unite the entire population of the earth together in one place. And Jesus will be the king. And in the new Jerusalem, there will be the temple. And the temple will be the habitation of our Lord. So he's talking about the future. And then he says, well, I also got a new king. And then he uses Rubabel as kind of the example of it. And he talks to him and said, I'm, I'm choosing you. Now, he wasn't choosing him. He wasn't going to be this guy. He wasn't going to be the messianic king. He was, he was talking in reference to the future king, which is Jesus, which was coming from his lineage. So he is saying it is you because it is connected to your yeah. bloodline. Right? You're coming from the descendants of David. You are from that lineage, and you are going to be part, and you're going to be connected to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, which is Jesus Christ himself. He's speaking to him in this regard. Are you with me so far? Yes. And, so, and so here is a change from, a, again, from a physical king to a sovereign king. You say, what is the difference, Pastor Frank? Here's the difference. The, 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 the kings of the earth have authority, and the kings of the earth have power. But a sovereign king has no limit to his power and no limit to his authority. Now, that, 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 let me say it again. So you, you, you didn't catch it. You see, <laughs> earthly kings, they have limited power and authority. It's usually limited to their geographical area of power, right? The United States of America has power over its continents, right? Or over the continent or over, over the continental United States. That's about it. You know, after that, they may want to influence people, but right. other people are going to do whatever they're going to do. Yeah. But the, the, the power and the authority is only here, right? But Jesus is saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. this king, this new king, he's sovereign. So he has no limitations. Yeah. He is all powerful and he has all the authority. Jesus said this, by the way, when he said, all authority, all of it, not a portion of it, all of it has been given to me, he said. Okay? Now, here's where I want to get at. Here's where I want to get at. You with me? Now he's saying, this is going to blow you away. Now he's saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth, he says. He says it really clearly. And then he says, now I'm going to give it to you. Well, now that's heavy. That's heavy duty. He's saying, I'm going to give that to you. After he comes back from the dead and the resurrection, he meets with his disciples and he says to them, he says to them, as, as God has sent me, so now I'm sending you. And the Bible says this, and then he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
I don't know if you capture that. But Jesus is inviting you not just to a new life which comes from salvation, from receiving him as Lord and Savior, but he is inviting you to a life of purpose. That the days that you live here on earth are not to be wasted on foolish things, but that you would utilize the days that he gives you to accomplish to do great things for God. That you can make your life count. That you would understand that you have a purpose and a calling from God himself to do something on earth that is going to be earth shattering, earth breaking, and that, that is going to transform and impact in a permanent way through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what he said. And so he comes to Zerubbabel and he says to him, look, at it, I'm going I'm to make you like my signet ring. Now, he didn't say that he was going to give him a signet ring. Just a signet ring from a king basically was his authority. And, you know, they put wax on a piece of paper and then he would stamp it, right? And that represented, okay, this is the king's authority. Whatever he says goes. Whatever this paper says, it goes because it's got the authority of the king. Now, he's not saying, hey, look, I'm going to make you, I'm going to give you some rings around, right? So you can go stamping things. That's not what he said. He said, he said, I'm going to make you like my signet ring. And this is what he's saying. He says, I'm going to transfer to you my authority. In other words, you're not just going to have some external presence, but you are going to become my presence. Whoa, that's heavy. You're going to become my representative. And so... Whatever you say is like if I was saying it. And whatever you do is like I'm doing it. And so when Jesus tells you that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, he is saying, I'm going to give you this kind of authority that your words and your prayers are not just going to be just some idle words that just kind of float in the air, but they're going to be filled with power that can affect the heavenly as well as the earthly in our world. Are you with me today? Now, I don't, know if I, if I, I don't know if I'm communicating this well enough. What I'm trying to say is that you're not insignificant. What I'm trying to say is that you are not just some, you know, individual part of the big amount of people in the earth. What God is saying to you is, I have placed you here for a purpose. You are here because I want you to fulfill my purposes on earth. I want you to be significant. I want you to do something powerful with your life. Listen, young people, don't waste your life. Don't waste your life. The enemy is going to try to distract you. Those are just distractions. You know where the power is? It is found in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when you use your life, when you say, Jesus, fill my life, use me. I want to be your signet ring, God. Then he says, hey, you want to be my signatory? Then I'm going to give you my authority and you're going to do some amazing things with your life. Now somebody ought to be saying, praise the Lord and glory to God. 
Because that, that, is, that is his call. Now, what he says now to you is this. I'm going to now bring a new authority into the earth. And what I'm going to do is that I'm going to anoint you. Yeah. And he says to his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. Because what you need is you need the anointing. You need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. That's what we want to receive today. Right. Lord, I, I want you to anoint me because usually the anointing was the oil that came over the head. And by the way, it wasn't just some little dab on the forehead like we usually put on people, right? Back in those days, kings were anointed, uh, priests were anointed, and they, 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 didn't, they didn't just kind of little dab, that little dab will do you. There was kind of a bowl that just basically just poured all over you. That went all over you, covered you all over. And what it meant is this, 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 this is the authority of God now. Because now wherever you go, I go with you. You see, I'm on you. I'm with you. I'm all over you. And, and so I, you have my authority. Listen, we live in a spiritual world where the devil is really creating havoc in our world. We see evil everywhere. Violence has increased. And here's what God wants to do. He wants to raise you up. He wants to raise you up to be able to counterattack all the enemy. And so that we would bring the light of Jesus Christ to this earth. And that the word of God may enter and change people's lives forever. Hallelujah. God is saying to each one of us, you know, I want you, I want you to be my representative. Through the baptism of the Holy Spirit, God has made us like that signet ring. The Holy Spirit is going to empower us to be representatives of Jesus Christ upon the earth. He empowers us to be effective agents of the power and authority of Jesus. The Holy Spirit empowers us to be channels through which the life of Jesus flows all around us. In other words, that we receive God's power in a vertical way so that we impact the world in a horizontal way we receive from God so that we can spread the power around folks you're not insignificant you are a powerful being and God wants to use you mightily for his glory so that you can press out evil so that you can press out sickness and heartache and the works of the devil you know people sometimes tell me pastor you know, my bed shakes and things move in my house. And I said, well, you've, re you've received power. Cast that out in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, I get up and I'm full of fear and I feel like the enemy's right there and some ugliness. Well, cast it out in Jesus' name because you have the authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. People are freaking out. This is happening to me. I don't know what to do. Well, what you need to do is to get saved, and then you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit to be able to cast out these demons in the name of Jesus. God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can establish and advance the kingdom of God here upon the earth. God has decided that he is not going to do anything on earth unless he does it through you. Okay, that was heavy, and you didn't get it. He, he's not going to do it unless somebody stands up and says, Here I am, Lord, send me. 
He's not going to do it unless somebody believes in the word of the Lord and says, Lord, I am going to be your conduit. I am going to be your servant. I am going to be the person that you can use. So, Lord, use me because he has chosen to use us. What God is going to do, he's going to do through you. And that is why he is giving you authority. So that in the name of Jesus, we can do what Jesus did. So that we can speak the words of spirit and life to people. You know, you ever talk to people about Jesus Christ? You know, all of a sudden they start crying. You think think they're your words? They're not your words. It's the Holy Spirit. Amen. You say, well, I talked to them at wow, look at this. You know, the disciples said the same thing, right? They went out, they came back and said, Jesus, it's unbelievable. Even the demons, you know, they, they, they're subject to us. Well, of course they are because I've given you authority. I sent yeah. you. And so God is saying to you, you, you have authority to speak in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus, you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. You can cast out demons in the name of Jesus Christ. You can press out evil around you in the name of Jesus. You can be the light in the darkness that will allow the, the darkness to flee from you because that is what you have. You have the authority of the Lord in your life. All right. How much time do I have? Not, not too much. I had 40 minutes. And he said, you got to finish it all. Holy Spirit and everything in 40 minutes. That's what he said. So you got to do it all. Minister the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Get people into revival in 40 minutes. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. You say that, Pastor Frank, then how do I receive it? How do I get that? Because I don't have it. You know, you say I do, but I don't. How do I get it? How do I, how do I receive the, the fullness of the Holy Spirit? So let me just give you four things this morning, right? They're not in your outline, by the way. I added them on and, uh, um, because uh, it happens. I, I'm, I'm, I'm preparing something, and then, you know, I already send in my, my outline, and then I have to add more things. So... Um, so here they are. Just write them down somewhere if you would, if you can. First thing is, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, you need to be hungry and expectant. I said you, you, you need to be hungry and expectant. The book of Acts tells us that after Jesus ascended to heaven, the disciples were in the upper room, and they were expectant. They were waiting. Jesus said, go, because you're going to receive the promise. So they were, they were there waiting for the promise. And they weren't going anywhere. They were praying. They were expecting that they were going to receive something. They weren't there just casually sitting back saying, hey, let's have some, you know, let's just have some fellowship, guys. They, they didn't show up for fellowship. I'm sure they had it, but that's not what they were there. They were there because they were expecting to receive something. Jesus said that they were going to receive the promise from the Father. And so they were expecting to receive the promise from the Father. I don't think they understood what that meant. I don't know if they knew. Well, I know that they didn't know. They've never experienced this before. They just knew that Jesus said, wait and don't leave until you receive it. So they were there and they were hungry. They were hungry because they were praying for it. They were asking. They were, yeah. they were saying, Jesus, I want you. Now, listen, listen. 
I think this is the, 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 the thing that probably keeps most people from receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and that is that you have to really want it. If you're afraid of it, you're not going to get it. If you're skeptical, you're not going to get it. You really, you, you really need to want it. You, you, you need to open your heart and your mind and everything to God and say, I, I, I'm hungry. I want it more than anything. I want it. Yeah. Today, I find that many parts of the church, they're debating this. They're debating whether they should get it or not. You know, and they, they, they're splitting hairs over tongues. You know, uh, but, but can I just be honest with you? Yeah. You know what? It, don't worry about the tongues. Just worry about receiving the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let the Lord flow in your life. Yeah. And if you do, then the, the tongues will come. Yeah. yeah, they will. They'll flow. They'll flow. But, but don't make it an issue, even a theological issue of saying, well, I don't know if you're baptized when this happens. You know, don't worry about that. You, you need to be hungry. You need to be expectant to be able to receive the fullness. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So if you're hungry, it's going to happen. Number two, you have to be secure in your relationship with God. You, 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 you really need to be, can I say it? You really need to be saved. And this is not about whether, you know, you made a confession of faith. is whether or not you really are saved. This is because, you know, you can't. This is one of those areas where you can't just, well, I, I you know, I was five and accepted Jesus. Well, that's great. But, but you really need to know that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And those of us that have that relationship know what I'm talking about. Yeah. You know that you know that you know that Jesus is your Lord and you live for him and you love him and you're in love with him and you're in love with his kingdom and you're in love with everything that is about him. I mean, you just love him and, and it flows from your worship, you know. It, it isn't about music or singing. It's about worship that flows from your soul to the presence of the Lord. Are you with me so far? So there's three barriers, okay, that happen usually for people. And the first barrier is uh, it doubts. Doubts. Some people don't receive it because they doubt. Now, doubts are inte intellectual in nature. And they can only be overcome with information. So there are doubts that are produced because of a lack of assurance of salvation. In other words, you're doubting your salvation. <clears throat> Maybe you've sinned and you say, I don't know. And, I, and, and or I've been living in this way, or maybe so. And if, and if so, then you need to repent, come to Jesus Christ, allow him to wash you, because the Bible says that if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. And if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. So what do you do? Well, you ask him to forgive you, and he will. Yeah. And if you're not saved, then receive Jesus Christ and accept him in your heart, and you can receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, there are also doubts, people feeling not worthy. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not worthy to receive the Holy Spirit. And usually that unworthiness comes from, well, it may come from some form of a lack of assured identity. It can come also from the fact that you may not be living right. It, 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 it may come from, you know, uh, this, this 
I'm not worthy because, you know, I, I, I got in a fight with my spouse and, you know, whatever, it, wherever it may come from, you need to understand that, that, that Jesus loves you and that he forgives you and that nobody ever receives anything from God because we're worthy. Nobody here said, hey, listen, I'm really worthy. I'm going to receive salvation. Jesus, I'm here. I'm really here, Lord, because I deserve it, right? I, if there's anybody in the world, I deserve it because I'm not just a good guy. There's nobody here. The Bible says that we've all sinned. We all fall short. We all fall short. We all fall short of the glory of God. So there's nobody that can say I'm worthy. So just, 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 just for starters, okay? So nobody comes in here because we're worthy. We come in here because we need him. And because he has decided that it is by grace. Grace and mercy. Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. That's what grace is. Nobody deserves it. So you don't deserve the Holy Spirit. You receive it. It is a promise from the Father. It is a gift of God. It's not about your worthiness. It's about God's goodness. It's God's goodness. He's good, right? Uh, second thing that keeps people from receiving is fear. Fears are emotional, and usually fear is what is going to happen? What is the Holy Spirit going to do to me? Because I heard that people roll over the floor and hang in the chandeliers. And they make them do stuff. They're weird, you know. What's he going to do? I don't know. I, I can't. I, I don't, you know, I don't. I don't want, I don't know, and they're fearful. Maybe they went to a real hyper-Pentecostal church, you know, and I, I, I kind of I went to some of those before, and I saw some people and some ladies with long hair going like this, you know. And, oh, no, I don't want that, no. And, 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 and the fear is that the Holy Spirit somehow is going to make you do something you don't want to do. He's going to embarrass me in front of everybody. I don't want that. He's going to embarrass me. I, I, just want to, I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you that if he embarrasses you, you're going to like it. Yeah. I'm not guaranteeing he's not going to embarrass you. <laughs> I'm not going to guarantee he's not going to embarrass you or do something that you might think is embarrassing. But if he does, you won't be embarrassed. Yeah. You'll actually love it. You'll like it. You'll be pleased with that. Okay? Yeah. You with me? Yeah. So, so don't be afraid. Let the Lord do whatever he wants to do. And by the way, he's not going to somehow force you to do stuff, uh, you know, that, apart from your will, because right. God will always respect your will. Amen. It's not like you're ever out of control. Yeah. You with me? Yeah. You, let, me let me say that again. You're never out of control. Yeah. The third thing that keeps people from receiving is, is, a, is a lack of initiative. Um, what that means is that people, people want. Now, the first is the fear that God might, and now they want God to do something without them participating. So I'm here, God, okay? Go! I'm going I'm to speak in, you know, I, I want to speak in tongues, but I'm not going to move my lips. <laughs> and so <laughs> the other thing is, you, you, it's you. You have to participate in the process. You have to move your lips. You have to open your heart. You have to praise the Lord. You have to worship 
with all your heart. Are you with me? And so, so some people don't receive because, you know, they're just waiting for something to zap them from heaven. Vroom! And all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're ignited to do whatever it is that they think the Holy Spirit is going to do. And, and, and that doesn't happen. He works with you and through you. So those are three, three impediments that keep us from that. So if you remove those, then you can receive the Holy Spirit. So the third thing is, is that you've got to remember God's promises. And I don't have a lot of time. Because oh, um, Nestor said I've got to be done in 40 minutes. Um, <laughs> so you have to remember God's promises. I was just going to read them to you if I could, okay? Because yeah. I think the important one is the promise of the Holy Spirit is for you. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 and 39 says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God has called. Amen. So it's for you. Second, he's ready to receive you. In other words, he's never going to cast you out. John six thirty-seven. To all those uh, the Father gives me, he says, will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive them away. So he's not going to reject you, because people come, and they may not speak in tongues or may not be filled, and say, oh, Jesus is rejecting me. He's not. He's not. There may be an impediment, but he's not rejecting you. With me? Third, if you ask the Father, he will give you the Holy Spirit. He says, if you being evil give good things to your children, how much will your heavenly Father also give you the Holy Spirit? To all those who ask him. That's Luke eleven thirteen. He also promises to give us everything we need. Amen. Romans eight thirty two says, he, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us, who, who along with him, will, will not also, will he not give you graciously all things? And then, uh, if, if the Lord took away your sins, he can also fill you with the Holy Spirit. He took away your sins. John 1.33, uh, then uh, he wants you to, to enjoy, to have the, the fullness of joy in your life. John 16.24 says, until now you have asked nothing in my name, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. And the Lord wants to give you a spiritual language. He really does. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah. Hebrews 13.15 says, through him then, let's continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips praising his name. He wants to give you a spiritual language. You say, why, why is he speaking tongues, Pastor Frank? Well, I can do a, an entire theology of that, but let me just tell you right now. You speak in tongues because speaking in tongues allows you to pray in a dimension that you cannot in a natural way. Yeah. You speak in tongues because when you worship God in tongues, you are entering a dimension of worship that you cannot naturally just get into. And so the Bible says that we will sing with our understanding, but we will also sing in, with our spirit. We will pray in the spirit. We will also pray with our understanding. So you can pray with your understanding, but you can also pray in tongues. And it is that prayer tongues that allow you deeply to connect with your spirit and the spirit of God so that there's communion those things so this is not about being weird and speaking weird things this is about really a spiritual language that God wants to give you 
so that you can do that. And then the fourth thing you do is you pray because he won't give you the Holy Spirit unless you ask him to. So he wants you to give them to him. All right. Well, I'm done. Please stand. <laughs> Can we just allow the Holy Spirit to do what he wants to do this morning? Yeah, let's, let's, just, let's just do that. And, uh, and we'll just wait on, on the Lord. Uh, if you would just close your eyes right, right where you're at. And... Um, and the first thing I want you to do, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit again, you know, if you're ready today, He's going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And He wants to do that. And, um, you know, there's different ways in Scripture that people were baptized with the Holy Spirit. Some people had someone lay hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Others just started speaking in other tongues and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, Peter certainly didn't mean for the Holy Spirit to be poured down upon the Gentiles and yet the Holy Spirit came down upon them and uh, he didn't pray for them because he wasn't asking for that but the Lord was pleased in sending the Holy Spirit so I want to start with a prayer and I want you to repeat this prayer with me dear Heavenly Father I come in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, I want to move according to your will. I want your love to overabound in my life like never before. You're going to pour your love into my heart through the Holy Spirit. I ask that that love would abound in me like rivers of living water. I come today in the same way I came to be saved. That day I came didn't deserve what I was asking for. Eternal life and the forgiveness of my sins. And you gave me what I did not deserve. Today I come to ask you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. I don't deserve that either. But that same grace will abound in my life because you promised it. Lord, you are my Savior. And I ask you to baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I thank you that this promise is for me. I believe in your word. I believe that as I begin to worship you, the vessel of my life will begin to be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. I praise you 
because you keep your promises. And before I speak in other tongues, I give you thanks because I know I will receive a spiritual language according to your word. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart, and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but He didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Dayspring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.